Hey, Coach Arlen here. What do Walt Disney, Andrew Carnegie, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, and FDR all have in common? They shared one secret that propelled them to achieve remarkable success. They each belonged to a mastermind group. If you've never experienced the power of a mastermind group, now is your opportunity. Join my business success mastermind group today. New cohorts are starting soon. To learn more, go to ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. The Courage to Lead, episode 238. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having an exceptional week. I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Fran Banting. Fran Banting is a self-leadership and business growth consultant. She works with small business owners and entrepreneurs wanting to grow themselves, their businesses, and their profits by changing just one thing, the way they think. Fran has been studying human behavior, personalities, and the mind for over 20 years. She has a master's degree in metaphysics and a doctorate degree in philosophy specializing in holistic life coaching. She's also a certified Think Into Results facilitator with Bob Proctor, who you may know from the movie, The Secret. In 2015, she wrote a best-selling book, Your Life as a Movie, Scripting and Producing Your Dreams into Reality, which sat on the bestseller list next to Oprah, Deepak Chopra, and Eckhart Tolle. In 2019, she released her online program, Scripting Your Results, that takes you through step-by-step the process for results achievement and attracting everything you want and need in your life. Fran, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Harlan. I'm happy Absolutely, to be here. No. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. So I know on your on your website, I was checking out your website earlier, you talk about having to know what made people do what they do, even when it wasn't in their best interest. <laughs> Is 20 years long enough to learn why people <laughs> do what they do? Because I'm 65, I still don't understand why people do what they do. Well, let's just say it took me 20 years to figure out why I did what I did. And uh, once I figured it out for myself, um, I was a little upset at why nobody ever taught me this. You know, why didn't I learn this in school instead of history and all that other stuff? Um, I always like to move forward. Why are they making me look back? And um, so once I found out, I had to start spreading the word. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to ask you for your insights because I still don't understand people. Um, all right. Uh, I want to talk about how you got your start, how you got to where you are now. Definitely want to get into talking about your book. But before we get started, I have 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Now, listeners know these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these same questions of his Hollywood guests from TV film and stage. Oh, and I figured they're good that. enough for the they're good enough for the Hollywood elite. They're certainly good oh, enough for my guests. I'll do my best. I'll be, You'll oh be okay. fine. Absolutely. All right. First question. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Uh chocolate. Nice. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Oh, vermin. Okay. <laughs> makes my skin crawl just saying it. (laughs) All right. What turns you on? Coffee. (laughs) Lots of it. (laughs) Lots of coffee. All right. What turns you off? Oh, arguing. People arguing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anger. Yeah. 
I thought you were going to say decaf coffee. No. Um, <laughs> question five, what sound or noise do you love? Oh, what sound do I love? Uh, well, I love music. So depending on the music, I love music. Nice. Any certain genre or all music? Oh, I've been, I've been involved. Uh, my first job was in a record store. So I was introduced to every genre. So I have everything from Frank Sinatra uh, to ACDC. I'm just nice. kind of a, <laughs> an eclectic <laughs> person with music. Awesome. Very cool. All mm. right. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh, a baby crying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite, but um, rhymes with fit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Good job. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, um, Gee, I guess um, being some type of uh, psychiatrist or psychologist would have been interesting. Maybe even a lawyer. Mm, okay. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Not like to do? Talk show host? <laughs> I couldn't do that one. I like to watch them, but I always wonder how they do it. How do they show up day after day after day? I don't know how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Good job. Good job. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. All right. We're going to take a short break. Uh, then I want to come back to talk about how you got started, how you got to where you are now, who you work with, how you help them. And at some point, we'll transition into courage and leadership. Okay, perfect. Okay. All right, listeners, we'll be talking about all that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back. Our guest, Fran Banting. Fran, thanks so much again for being on the program. Looking forward to uh, this conversation for a while. Um, yes. We actually had this scheduled. Yeah. And then you had a life event. Tell me about that. I did. My oldest son uh, had his second child, and uh, I wasn't missing that. Uh, his first, they were living in another province, so I missed the first six months. So as mm. soon as this one was born, I was I was there. You took off. Perfect. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So when did you when did you first get started or get interested, I guess, in metaphysics and philosophy? Well, I think. It started when I was quite young. I think when I was a teenager, I, I would sort of have these events where, you know, I couldn't, I, I would notice that things would happen in my life sort of when I was in a certain zone. And I always called it, I was in the zone. And um, I started just paying more attention to, you know, gee, if I was just in the zone, I was just in the zone. And I started reading some books. And the first one I started reading um, 
was uh, Think and Grow Rich. And I remember thinking how silly it sounded. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. It was quite an old book as well. But um, I got into marketing. I was really into marketing. I wanted to market for businesses. I wanted to do advertising. I just loved commercials. And I wanted to be a part of that. And I learned something. And I remember the light bulb going off. And they were saying that if you tell a person something 14 times, they will begin to believe that product in that product and they will believe that it is true. And I remember challenging the instructors and saying, let me get this straight. You can get people to buy product just by repeating something over and over. And they said, that's what ads do. Pay attention. They'll run the same ads over and over again. And, and then people, when they're in the store, they'll go, oh, there's that product. It must be good. And they now believe that that is the product. And mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, wait a minute, uh, what if I'm the product? What if I told myself the same thing over and over again? Can I, you know, make myself do something? You know, <laughs> and that was my first light bulb moment. And that's when I started paying more attention and, and studying personal development, uh, following the leaders that were teaching it, um, mostly Bob, Bob Proctor. Yeah. And um, I eventually decided, I yeah, applied it in every job. I applied it in my career. Everything I wanted, I just followed the steps. And finally, uh, as I was doing it in my careers, I noticed that people were coming to me and asking me for help outside of work. And I thought, what am I doing? Why don't I just uh, do this as my profession? So I've been doing it now on my own, probably about 13 years now. And it's just amazing. And, I, and I'm right back to why don't they teach this in school? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff they should teach in school and they just don't. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know, what is metaphysics? Explain metaphysics. Well, I guess metaphysics has, is a word that's kind of been used in a lot of different uh, angles and different ways. But the metaphysics that I'm involved in um, it's sort of that branch of philosophy where mind meets matter. Uh, you know, your mind is intangible. Uh, you can't see it and, and you can't feel it. Uh, so the metaphysics that I, I practice is uh, showing how the mind and matter meet and, and how you use it uh, for your results in, in moving forward. So that's my branch of, of metaphysics. Nice. Very cool. And all this education has now helped you with all these deep insights into why people do what they do, right? Yes. It, uh, it, it sort of, um, it's like fitting a puzzle together and you're missing pieces as you're learning. And finally, the metaphysics was that final piece of the puzzle. And, and I just kept wanting to learn. And the more, more questions I had, I had to find the answers. And then I just mm -hmm. kept studying and studying and reading and meeting the people and being around the people that knew this material uh, mm -hmm. until I understood it so fully uh, that now, you know, I think I've, I've taken everything I need to take. I don't think I'm going to take any more courses. Or no, that's good. good. So what's one of the, what's one of the biggest lessons you learned? Oh, just to get out of your own head, you know, that mm -hmm. we are so responsible for keeping ourselves from things. I know everybody thinks about, you know, learning how to get to a certain place. I mostly mention to my clients is get, you know, how do you keep yourself from putting the obstacles in front of yourself? 
Yeah. We're so good at putting pylons in our path. And sure. once you learn that you're the one putting them there, suddenly the road becomes so much clearer. Yeah. That's not an easy lesson for people to learn. They want something external that they can point to and say, that's stopping me. And it's really not. We we put those blocks up. It's so amazing. Yeah. We, we have so many perceptions that are keeping us stuck. And once you realize where your perceptions are coming from and who's put them there, uh, including yourself, um, yeah. it's easier to move them. And it's just understanding uh, how we think and how that thinking is causing us to do what we do. And usually most people are kind of in shock and saying, why didn't anybody tell me this before? And then from then on, it's smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've studied some NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and they talk about how a lot of things that we say to ourselves, those those voices in our heads that hold us back, is something maybe somebody mentioned before. And now we've held on to that. And for some at some point we believe that. And so we've made that part of our inner inner dialogue. It's it's your to trace it back. Yeah. Yeah. To and, trace and it back to who said that and why. And why did you believe that? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's funny how. Uh, people can tell us, you might have had somebody say something to you just in passing, and they weren't even thinking of what they were saying, and they didn't even mean it, you know, a certain way, but you might have heard it a certain way, and it's stuck with you the rest of your life. And you've made that your reality. And you've lived your life according to that statement. And, you know, it's, it's sad how we carry things. But when you start replacing it, and, and you start learning how to really think your way to where you want to be, you know, like I said, uh, with the commercial, you can you can have yourself be any product. You can lead yourself <laughs> anywhere you want. You just got to know nice. the steps. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you work with small business owners and entrepreneurs who want to grow themselves and their business. Yes. Is that what's holding them back? Is it their mindset? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I can guarantee. I think every uh, I always start off with a a focus session and it's just a complimentary call and i can guarantee you almost all of them have this dream and they always start off with you know um it's a crazy dream you know they're they're like i'm just going to tell you this just for fun and uh it's so sad because the the dream is actually just so attainable i almost have to laugh like what do you mean it's so simple you just do this this and this but their fear that they've built up that that it's this mountain and it's not. And in most cases, when they realize and they finally cross that line, they look back and they go, what? What was holding me back all that time? And it was totally, totally that uh, mm. that block that was put there from someone else. And they've just uh, made it their belief. Yeah. So it's quite amazing when you see, you know, a lot of people have to leave a profession to start their business or you know, they have to sacrifice something to go where they want to go. And many times they don't. That's just the way they're seeing it. And when you right. give them another reality, sometimes they're just kind of shocked. Like, well, nobody's ever presented it that way to me before. Nice. And they're so stuck in the way they're thinking. Yeah. So I see that a lot, a lot. Well, I, I think <clears throat> somebody will say something to us, we internalize it. And then suddenly our subconscious starts... <laughs> Pulling up all these examples to to prove to prove right, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and we start you know saying to ourselves, "Oh, I'm I'm so stupid," 
And then your subconscious says, well, of course you are, because look at the stupid people you hang out with and look at how crazy your family is and everything. And all this kind of reinforces it. Yeah. How do you break through all that? How do you, like, do you have certain uh, programs or a methodology you follow to help them break through that? Yeah. And I, I think the very first thing I do with a lot of my clients is I can, I can almost guarantee most people remember where it came from. They can almost go back to that time where something happened. Uh, either it was either it was a uh, something that was said to them repetitively, just like a commercial, where maybe it was the way you were treated uh, by a sibling, maybe it was a family member. Somebody repeated something to you regularly till finally you believed it. But I find also that a lot of people have these blocks that were put there from a shocking event in their lives, and it's it's a shock to the system. You know, usually a death or a breakup, a divorce, there's something that triggers this, um, this negativity in them. And it's that at that time that they assign a belief. Now I'm divorced, nobody's ever going to want me again. And, and then, you know, somebody's asking them out and they're, they're, they're repelling people, even if it's the perfect mate, because that's the belief they assigned. And when you have a shocking event in your life, it's almost like your subconscious is wide open. You're so raw and in pain um, that you internalize things that you shouldn't be. And I find that that's uh, one of the triggers that when people look back and they go, yes, you're right. You know, my parents divorced when I was six and I decided that it was my fault, you know, because I did this. And then they go on in life thinking that, you know, they're not worthy for whatever reason. So there's there's the two ways that people develop these beliefs, and it's the repetition, and it's also that shock to the system. And I find when the, my clients start looking back and going, "You're right, I I changed, I became a different person with this event." Now we can move forward and start, you know, creating that new path, and and it's a lot more clear for them, especially when they see that it's not their fault. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah exactly. But our our beliefs. I guess, change our thoughts and our thoughts dictate our actions and our actions dictate the results we get. Yeah. And it's a vicious cycle because um, your belief is so strong. It is so strong. Uh, What you believe is running you and your body. You are doing everything without thinking. You are so programmed. You don't even realize you're doing half the things you're doing. And people don't realize this until they set a goal and realize they can't attain it. And that's when they start seeing that they're programmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I always tell this story um, that, let's say you're at home and you wanna have cereal, but you've run out of milk. Uh, so you go over to the, we have 7-Eleven here. Do you have 7-Eleven? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, we have 7-Eleven. And you go to the store and you know how they always put the milk right at the back. And you're walk, you walk in the store and you have to walk past chocolate bars and chips and all these things that are like, you know, buy me and, t- and you get to the back. But when you go to the store, you're thinking about your cereal. You just want to have your breakfast. You're thinking about your debit card. You know, how am I going to pay? You grab your milk, you go to the counter and you pay, you go home and you have your cereal. Now, at any point when you got to that store, when you opened that door and walked in, did you say to yourself, don't steal that chocolate bar. Don't put that in your pocket. Don't, don't put that Slim Jim in your jacket. 
Yeah. You know, you weren't thinking about stealing. You All you were thinking about was getting your product and paying because you were taught as a child, you were grabbing that chocolate bar. And over and over again, somebody said to you, that's stealing. You have to pay for things. That's why you bought the milk and went straight to the counter and paid for it. But you didn't even think twice of that behavior. Right. That is a behavior. It's a belief. You believe that you do not steal. You go in the store and you pay for things. But at any time during your day, do you ever think, I better not steal today? You don't. You just don't. So imagine, imagine how many other beliefs you have that are controlling you and your behavior, and you're not even thinking about it. And it's until somebody says, come in here and steal this with me, your body's going to freeze up. You're going to, no way, you're going to back away. You're going to, you're going to have go, go into convulsions. You're going to freak out because you don't steal. Same thing with a goal or, or something you want to move towards. Your body's going to freeze up and it's not going to let you do it because it has a different belief. And you've got to figure out how to get past that. That's how strong beliefs are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some beliefs that serve us Absolutely. and others that hold us back. And it's, it's separating those and then dealing with the ones that, that don't serve us. Yeah. It's the ones that aren't serving your goal. That, right. Those are the ones you want to pay attention to, especially when you're sitting there going, I have all the skills, I have all the talent, I have everything I need. The only thing holding me back is my fear. You know, my body is just frozen and I cannot do this task or whatever it is that people are moving towards. And that's mm -hmm. when you sort of have to start looking, okay, I've got something hidden in here. What could it be? How do I move it out of the way so that I can finally do what I want to do? Nice. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And working with some of my clients, a lot of times it's that um, away from goal to get them started, mm. you know, to yeah. it's too painful where they are now. So moving them away from, from that pain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have to give them something to move towards. Towards. Absolutely. You know? Otherwise they just stop. It's like, I'm far it's enough stopped. away from that pain. It doesn't hurt anymore. I'll just stop. I'm good right here. I'm good. Yeah, it's it's funny. You you want to make that passion so strong that it will override what's keeping them stuck. Sure. And and it's motivating them to 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 be able to do that. That's half the fun of being a coach. Exactly. But that motivation has to come from inside. You can you can help yeah. them get there. You yeah. can't give them can't that give them. that passion. They have to find that on their own and decide. And, and that's the amazing thing that that people discover is, wow, I had this in me all this time and I was waiting for, you know, most people are waiting for someone else to lead them um, and they've got it all inside them. I used to think that was so corny. I used to hear that all the time. You know, everything's inside you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do I sign up so that somebody will help me do this? <laughs> and, uh, and and then once you discover, oh, wow, I'm my worst enemy, uh, life changes. Um, and I read on your website, you all have almost like a, a mini case study where you talk about two people who were in sales, both of them essentially the same skills, same training, yet one was successful and the other one would fail. Even if they were handed opportunities, they would still yes. fail. What causes yes. that disparity? Again, is that just the mindset? Is that the beliefs Absolutely. that were, were given? Wow. I remember, I remember I worked in a real estate office and I was watching, there was 40 or 50 realtors in this office. But only five of these realtors, there were these five realtors that were on the top end and they were getting all the sales. And then there were these other five realtors that even if you handed them a listing, they couldn't, they couldn't sell it if their life depended on it. And I remember 
Anal, I'm an analyzer. I analyze everything. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta know that, and I gotta understand why things happen. And I remember meeting these other, the lower end realtors, and one of them had a degree in um, urban land. One mm. had a father that was the top realtor in Vancouver, and it's like you guys are being handed. You have everything you need. They were smart. They were educated very articulate and person personal uh very um good personalities like you yeah. you really wanted to be around these people but these other five the top realtors a couple of them wouldn't give you the time of day they were actually a little bit you know you, i didn't didn't even want to really know them you know and and two of them one didn't even speak english very well and mm. one of them had never graduated high school wow. now how could it be that all 40 of these realtors all got the same license. They did the same schooling. How can you have this, this, you know, balance, this imbalance of the 40 in the middle, they're just middle of the road realtors, just kind of having a sale here and there. But these two, the discrepancy was so large, I had to know. And mm -hmm. these five all dropped out. They eventually all quit. Um, and that's when I started realizing it was that those five did not believe that in themselves, to be realtors. They didn't believe they were realtors. They didn't believe they could sell real estate. Mm. Um, it was an internal belief. They all had blocks. The other five, they thought they were great. They knew they were great realtors. They knew how to talk to people. They knew how to sell. They had the confidence coming out of their ears. So these people thought like a realtor. They believed they were realtors. These five didn't. Yeah. And I remember really, really paying attention to that because it, it was such such a discrepancy between the you know to have somebody educated like that i always thought if you went to school and got a degree that jobs would follow and you would you would be successful but it's not the case hmm. no mm -mm. absolutely not some yeah. people get stuck on the word sell i that don't want to sell belief there's that belief right. yeah absolutely where the other people are saying i'm helping families find their home there you go it's just yeah. a different outlook different it's perspective different, yeah. different perception again and that's that belief yeah, you just never know how you were raised or what caused you to believe that. Could have been an yeah. experience. Maybe you got ripped off by a realtor. You know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I discovered Absolutely. it and saw yeah. it. And uh, that was a big one for me. Yeah. And I, th I think I think that's, I've had a lot of head trash to deal with, right? Well, yeah. Just because, you know, you let's say you meet somebody or, or I forget, it was a friend of a friend of a family or something like that. There was a used car salesman for real. <laughs> And just slimy, slimy. It's like I don't ever want to be associated with that, right. you know, kind of person or something like that. So then, anytime yeah. you go to a, I'm applying for this job. Oh, how are, how are you at selling? Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to you be know, that slimy salesman. And, yeah. and you got that perception of sales from that salesperson because in my generation, which is the same as yours, that's what car salesmen, you know, that's how many of them were. Mm. Um, and we were lucky if we found one that. You know, it wasn't like that. And those are probably the ones we brought our, bought our cars from the nice ones. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. We do so much to ourselves to hold ourselves back. We do. Um, my wife and I are always talking about how like my daughter, when she was growing up and applying for jobs and everything like that. And she would say, well, I don't think they'll hire me. Like that's not your decision to make. It's theirs. There don't quit. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, Isn't yeah. it amazing? She, she's yeah. putting that pile on in front of yourself, and and you could be the only person applying for that job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the only one, yeah. Wow. You never know. Yeah.
So let's talk about courage. Um, on the program, we talk about different types of courage that we tap into as leaders. There's intellectual courage, um, the setting aside of your long-held beliefs and the knowledge you have to make room for new knowledge, right? The, the courage to say, I don't know, or I'm not sure I need help. That's scary for some people. There's empathetic courage. Social courage is saying what needs to be said when it needs to be said, even if it's unpopular. Um, what type of courage um, do you think a lot of these, these uh, new business owners and entrepreneurs that you work with, what are they missing as far as courage? Well, first of all, I have the biggest respect for entrepreneurs. You know, they are, they are risk takers and they want, they want to lead and they want to be in control. And, you know, that's a great thing, great attitude to have. Like it's a, it, it, there's not too many people that could be entrepreneurs. And when an entrepreneur is that, let's say in control of themselves, it's hard to say, put that control aside and say, mm -hmm. I need help. And I find that if, you, if you're not able to go inwards and basically laugh at yourself because you are such a, in, a controller type person, mm -hmm. you could be putting blocks up of things that could help you make your journey a lot easier and a lot faster. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the courage to look inwards and know that you don't have all the answers. You've got 90% of what you need, which is that grit. And um, that other 10%, just allow other people in. Because I find that a lot of entrepreneurs do not want to hear how to run their business. Even if it's from somebody who's who's run you know, 100 successful businesses, they know what they want and they know how to do it. And I love that attitude. That's That spunk is great. Sure. But there could be that one thing that they're going to tell you that is just going to open the floodgates for you. And having that open mind um, mm -hmm. sometimes is the difference between your business being a success and, and it not getting off the ground. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I had one guy a couple of years back that said, I got to where I am without you. Why do I need you as a coach? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I mean, you're right. You did. You got here. You're successful. You've done all this stuff. But what if you miss that one thing? that could have yeah. tripled your business, you know? You know, and that's another thing too, is um, what is success to a person? Because when you are successful, you don't just stop. You have to set that higher goal. You can never be stagnant. You always have to be moving forward. So even when your business is running and you hit that goal, okay, you got to take it to the next level now. What's the, that next level? Um, you know, it's it, and that, and you always have to be growing. You, you never want to stop. So yes, you got to where you were and you're there now, but where are we going now? And, and that's where they need you to take them there because they could only see this far and they got themselves there, but you take them to the next level. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And sometimes they can't see that. Yeah. But that's, that's our role. Is that's to our to role. Ask the questions <laughs> to get them to say, well, now that you mention it. Now that yeah. you mention it. Yeah. <laughs> Or I always thought that, but I didn't think it was possible. Or, you know, I always had that. In, I, I love hearing that. That Well, I always had that in the back of my mind. And I'm like, it's it's not going to, you're in your brain, you know, saying, yeah. let me out. It's there for a reason. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. why you have headaches. It's those good ideas <laughs> trying to get out, right? <laughs> um, and so uh, we also talk about courage to uh, 
get out and do things that that most others won't do or feel that it's too scary, right, to go out and do things. Um, where did your courage come from? Where did you get your courage? Well, I discovered something interesting. And um, I, I, I realized that how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if I'm organized, you know, in my work, I'm organized at home, you're going to walk in my house, and you're going to see everything organized. And if you look at my purse, everything's organized. I'm an organized person. And we have traits. So if I have a belief or, or I have a habit, let's say, um, where that's stopping me from achieving my goal. So let's say that I'm a very reactive person. And so my clients, let's say I'm running a business and I'm, I'm reacting and customers are seeing me um, react. I want to change my behavior. I'm not happy with my behavior and I need to change my behavior to be successful in my business. I, what bothers me is that there's a lot of books and there's a lot of training out there that are saying that you have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to do something uncomfortable to get you to that, you know, to, to change yourself. And I don't believe that. Um, I believe that you can do it uh, in, your, in your fun part of life. You know, the things that you love doing, let's stretch you there. Because remember, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Okay. So if I'm gonna, you know, let's say my hobby is painting, and um, I'm gonna change my my attitude with painting rather than going to doing it at work. I'm gonna use it with my hobby. I change my belief. I, I change my habit. I get more confident, and that means it's gonna go straight across the board. It's gonna change mm -hmm. how I am at work. It's gonna change mm -hmm. how I am in my personal life. And so I tend to use the path of least resistance, and I like to use uh, the fun part of life to change a person rather than, you know, everybody always got that fear, oh, you're going to make me do this. You're going to make me do this. No, I don't make you do anything, you know. Yeah. I, I, um, but if I can build your confidence with your hobby and you build yourself up, that's going to pass on into your, into your work and in your career. And it goes straight across the board. Very cool. I like that. Yeah. So works. do you come, do you come from an entrepreneurial family? No. In fact, I come from um, uh, uh, immigrants. My parents uh, came over uh, in 1958 and my father worked for the same company for 40 years until oh. he retired and he never missed a day of work. I, I think I learned my work ethic from him. He would go to work every day to support his family. My mom was the stay-at-home mom. Uh, she did everything at home. Uh, she did have a bit uh, where I watched where she made all of her own ingredients. She grew her own vegetables for those ingredients. She, she would make everything from scratch. So in a way, you know, being self-sufficient, self I think I learned that uh, from my mom and then my work ethic uh, from my dad. But no, no, no entrepreneurs in my family, just guts to leave yeah. home to come to a country where you know nobody and to set up a life and to stay here your entire life my father just passed away uh three years ago he was 90 94 wow. um, so he led a good life and uh, my mom is now 92 um so you know they've done something right sure wow <laughs> yeah. that's and grit that's awesome that's yeah there's there's no entrepreneur yeah but then where did you where did you find the courage to step out and say, I'm going to, I'm going to start my own, you know, yeah. consulting agency, right? 
DreamPath yeah. Consulting. Where did that come from? I'll admit that was, uh, but I, like again, I need answers. I need to know why things happen. And if, if the more that I can control of how things are going to happen, the easier it is for me. So what I did was I was actually, uh, I was in a six figure, I had a six figure income. I was working a corporate job. I spent 25 years growing my career. I was doing great. And I walked away <laughs> and wow. started my business, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I did everything. I did what I call the seesaw. I started where um, all of my income is coming from my current job. And then I started getting clients on the side. I started my business on the side. And when the income sort of balanced out where I was getting, you know, straight across the board, I thought, okay, now I can walk away from the teeter-totter. And uh, I, I went into the coaching. There are ways to do this. You don't have to yeah. just, you know, cut the cord. Um, and that's what I did. I found a way that worked for me. And uh, that's how I walked away. But it still was scary, just the same. Because when you build something for that long, it's hard to say, you know, because I was still building. I don't know mm -hmm. where I would have been today if I stayed another 10 years. Um, but um, I'm so happy I made the decision I made because in that last job, I, I literally was crying in my car on the way to mm -hmm. work every day. I would cry. Uh, some days I'd be crying on my way home. The stress yeah. was just unbelievable. And mm -hmm. now I wake up. And I can't wait to get out of bed. It's yep. uh, there isn't one day where I don't have a list this long of things I can't wait to do. Not that I have yep. to do, but that I can't wait to do. Nice. Like doing this podcast, you know, it's 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 so much fun. It's uh, and I'm deciding what I get to do every day and with what people I choose nice. to be with. That yeah. is success. Yeah. That's success. That is success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. So in your in your business. Um, DreamPath Consulting. Do you have do you have a team you work with, or are you a solo? Um, I am solo, but I do have uh, people that I've trained as coaches, and I've set them up sort of on their own. So they're coaching, uh, sort of on my platform, but they're they're technically on their own. So I do do train people how to be coaches. Okay, but nobody yeah. working for you directly. Yeah. Um, in your past life, did you have employees that reported to you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. Lots. Awesome. And um, that's where I applied a lot of the stuff I was learning. I, I was learning how to help people be the best they could be at work. And a lot of them actually would leave because they would move on to do the things they wanted to do. And I was happy for them. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of people are doing jobs that are making them so unhappy. Yeah. And uh, they know they want to do something else. They just don't know how to get started and how to move on. Right. How to make that transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So if I was to bump into any one of those folks that used to report to you and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Well, I think um, the word that people always said to me was um, they feel like like um, they're going to ask mom for advice. <laughs> I was always <laughs> told I was like mom. So um, I think I, I I just offer that safe space. Um, I don't think I so much led people um, as I gave them a sounding board uh, where they could come in and just, you know, let, let loose and no judgment, just kind of helping them steer themselves. So I, I can't even really say I was much of a leader as I was um, 
just uh, uh, many times I was told, well, you're just, I feel like I have a mom at work, which I think is even better than <laughs> some type of leader. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's cool. Do you keep in touch with a lot of those folks? Um, well, the, the ones that I used to manage. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, I think there's a, a handful, you know, Facebook was great. It helped me sure. keep in touch with a lot of people. A lot of them have moved on. A lot of them were younger than me. So um, they're now married with children. So they lead busy lives. But I do know what they're up to because I can, I am connected through all the social channels. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. So you have a book, Your Life as a Movie, Scripting and Producing Your Dreams into Reality. Tell me about the book. This is an international bestseller, correct? Yeah, it was kind of fun uh, writing that book. I actually did that book almost on a dare from Bob Proctor. Um, I was, I, I'm a movie buff. I love movies and I, I love the film industry. I'm, I've actually uh, been, t- I took editing in film school. So I'm very involved with film. So when I was learning uh, everything about goal achievement and the mindset, my first uh, analogy, I always went to the movies and I do it with my clients too. I'm always talking about the movies and how it applies to them. So when I was writing this book, uh, when I was talking about it with Bob and he was saying, you really need to write this down because this is an analogy not too many people have thought about. So I left, I was in Toronto with Bob. Uh, We were having, I was uh, sitting down at his dining room table and he said, "Uh, I'm going to give you one year. And he said, "Uh, I want to see this, uh, this book. And I said, okay. So if you look on the back, Bob did uh, dedicate it. Um, he, uh, so I did, I went off and I wrote the book and I wrote it in three parts. The first part is lights and lights is where I help you just discover that you do have a mind and that you are thinking. And I sort of do it in the terminology of, of, of the movie business as if you're making a movie trailer. So I have you use your mind to see your goal. And, uh, then we go into camera and in camera, we start putting your goal together. We're looking through the viewfinder. You become the director and you're deciding how you want your, your goal to, to look and, and what it's going to look like in the end. And then we go into action. And then action is just the steps on making it all come together so that in the end, you come out with the movie trailer of your goal and a process on how to achieve it. So it was a lot of fun to write. I, I loved writing it. And um, it, it seems I get a lot of comments about just how fun it is because who doesn't like movies? Exactly. No, and I like that lights, camera, action. You yeah. know, because when you talk about movies, that's what people think about. So to chunk it into those sections, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So it was a lot Very of fun nice. to write. Yeah. Good job. Good job. So what's next for you? You've accomplished so much. What's next? You got another book in you? Well, that's the problem. Uh, there's so many books in me, but I, I think um, I'm past, I, I might have one more book in me. I'm sort, it's sort of in the works, but uh, I did write a program, an online program, and I uh, finished that, uh, I think, two years ago. So that's out now. And um, I don't know, I think uh, I've got a couple things down the pike, but I uh, haven't quite committed to them yet. And uh, like I say, with any goal, keep it to yourself and show people once it's done. So keep your eyes peeled and you might see something. (laughs) There you go. All right. And that program is scripting your results, right? Scripting your results. Yeah. Perfect. And that's available, I'm assuming on your website. So let's tell everybody what your website is. 
Well, you can find me at dreampath.ca or franbanting.com uh, or .ca. Okay, very cool. Yeah. And your book is available. You have a link to your book. There's a link to my book on Amazon. Uh, there's two links, amazon.com and .ca on my website. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Very good. And you're active on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I will have all those links available in the show notes so people know how to get in touch with you and follow you and connect with you and get your Perfect. book and, and check out the program too. That'd be That'd great. Be great. Thank you, Harlan. Cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. Brand, thank you so much for being on the program. It's been, it's been a real joy to have you. Yeah. It was fun. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right, listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of good notes. Uh, a lot of good information here. Definitely check out um, either dreampath.ca, correct? Or franbanting.com or .ca. That's it. Because yeah. you're up in the Vancouver area. I'm correct? in Vancouver, Canada. That's right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. All right. I will have all those notes um, or all those links in the show notes here, everybody. Listeners, make sure you share this. Uh, episode with your family, friends, colleagues. Do subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every time a new episode is dropped and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now.